I'm reading just now from the book of Isaiah, chapter 26, just the first few verses. Isaiah 26 and verse 1. In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. And then these verses. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. The secret of rest. That has been a theme that we have been trying to present in the program so far with the different songs that have been sung and the advice and exhortations that we have given to you. It was Elizabeth Elliot, the wife of missionary martyr Jim Elliot, who said, The only thing that keeps me stable and settled in these days of uncertainty is the absolute dependability of God's Word. Now, I know that the Lord's people agree with that statement. They can concur with those words. And we know of no other source of comfort and strength like that which we find in the Bible, the Word of God. God has given us this book so that when we read it, its words are not just the words of men. They are not just ancient words, but they are living and throbbing and vital and minister into our lives. And we need these days to spend time in the Word. And I find great solace. I find tremendous strengthening as I read the Word of God. And you will too. So there we are with the verses for today. Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. The people of Isaiah's day had wandered from the Lord. They didn't know the peace that he was speaking about. But here was God's word to them. And he says in verse 4, Trust ye in the Lord, because in the Lord is everlasting strength. The message is more than a prophet's message. God is speaking, speaking to a people who had been disobedient, who had been rebellious, and apart from a remnant who were faithful, a people who were broken. But with the Lord, as of course always with him, on the throne, in control, the sovereign Lord, here is a quality of character, here is a lifestyle, here is a mindset, here is a heart experience that shines out in dark and fearful days. The Bible speaks about the time coming when men's hearts would be failing them for fear, looking at those things which are coming upon the earth. And of course, we're in that day. People who are alive and listening uh, to messages, even today, even God's people, in a few weeks' time, there will be people who will have passed over the line of worlds, who have passed on into eternity, who have heard these words and listened to God's servants, so many of them who have been streaming the message of the Bible out into our world, across the nations of earth. 
But let me tell you also, there are thousands of others who have never listened to the Bible, who don't know the Bible, don't know God's word, have never heard of redemption. They will also die. They will also succumb to this awful silent killer which is in our world at this time. But I'm speaking to you today, to you as my friends, to you as my listeners, to you as the people of God, and indeed any others this day who are strangers to the grace of Jesus Christ. I'm speaking to you from my heart. What I say I mean, and I trust that you will hear as for eternity. There are three things that I want to share with you in these moments. First of all, we have a peace that is perfect. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. The Hebrew word for peace is the word shalom. In this verse, it's very interesting that if I was to put it literally, I would be able to say to you, Thou wilt keep him in shalom, shalom. Thou wilt keep him in peace, peace. There is a wealth of material in the Word of God on the whole matter of peace. Anywhere you open the Bible, you will discover there are references to peace, both Old Testament and New. Bible speaks about the wicked and says they have no peace. They are like the troubled sea. We live by the seaside in Port Rush in Northern Ireland, and there are days when the sea is churning and choppy and frothed, and there are many people like that today. But there's a peace in Jesus Christ. And when the prophet Isaiah spoke of this Messiah, he said he would be the Prince of Peace the Prince of Peace. When the Apostle Paul takes up the theme in the New Testament, he says, He is our peace. He says, He made peace through the blood of His cross. He came and preached peace. And praise God, today it was at Calvary that righteousness and peace kissed each other, reconciled at the cross. Praise God for that today. We read in Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Beautiful song and well-known old song is, He is all my hope and peace, nothing but the blood of Jesus. But I don't want to miss the emphasis of a double peace. There's more. It's not just shalom, it's shalom, shalom. The peace of God. A perfected peace. Look what it says in the verse, Isaiah 26, verse 3. Perfect peace. There's not just a peace with God in a reconciled relationship. There is the peace of God that comes through an intimate fellowship. And of course, from a Wesleyan background, I can see in that a beautiful and wonderful reference to the blessing of a sanctified rest. That second rest, as John Wesley termed it, peace, perfect peace in this dark world of sin. The blood of Jesus whispers peace within, the peace of the sin cleansed, the peace of God that comes to the spirit-filled life. Have you got the peace of God as well as peace with God? Because it is the warring inherent sin nature within 
that disturbs that peace that we can have in Jesus Christ. He purchased not just peace in relationship, but purchased and procured for us in his all-cleansing blood, the peace of God. Oh, the peace my Savior gives, peace I never knew before, how my way has brighter grown since I learned to trust him more. Peace, the peace that is perfect, There is also a mind that is fixed. You know, I speak about the fixed mind and I think of the hymn, My heart is fixed, eternal God, fixed on thee, fixed on thee. The mind is fixed as the heart is trusting. It was Dr. John Oswald who has just uh, been involved in presidency of Wesley Biblical Seminary since the passing of Dr. John Nyhoff last year, Dr. Oswald, in his beautiful commentaries on Isaiah, described it as a fixed disposition of trust. Have you got a fixed disposition of trust? Have you a fixed heart and mind? Or are you like the double-minded man of James chapter 1 and verses 6 to 8, or like the servant who is trying to serve two masters. I don't know where you are today listening to my voice, but I may be speaking to someone who has a double mind today, or someone who is trying to serve two masters. It can't be done. Are you of the divided heart today? Or maybe as you look back down through the pathway of your life, there was a time when you were resting in the Lord. You were trusting in Him. You knew what I have been speaking about, but today it's different. Yes, you've got the memories, and how sweet their memories still. But they have left an aching void this world can never fill. And you're away from the Lord today, and there's an agitation within your spirit today. Yes, because trying to serve two masters is a recipe for insecurity and agitation and failure. As we listen to that beautiful song just before the message from Frances Ridley Havergill, she penned those words, Like a river glorious is God's perfect peace. Uh, She also penned another lovely song, and here it is. Thy reign is perfect peace, not mine, but thine. A stream that cannot cease, for its fountain is thine heart. O depth unknown, thou givest of thine own, pouring from thine and filling mine. The noise of war has passed away. God's peace is on the throne, ruling with undisputed sway. A heart that is fixed, a mind that is fixed, not of the double mind. Oh, that this day you might experience that, whose mind is stayed, stayed upon Jehovah. Hearts are fully blessed, finding as he promised perfect peace and rest. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Do you remember that song that we played early in the program? Tis so sweet to trust 
in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Is that not surely the recipe? Is that not surely the message that we need in these troublesome days? The last thought that I want to leave with you is found at the next verse, because it says, Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength, a trust that is urged. You know, I put in a title, a trust that is recommended, but that's too soft a word because the prophet Isaiah is earnest, sincere, urging the people, exhorting them to commit themselves to the Lord. It's a strong word. Trust ye. Do this. That's what he's saying. It's like a command. If it's true that trusting in God implicitly brings perfect peace, if it results in a steadfast mind, then everyone should act upon it. In fact, the prophecy of Isaiah from chapter 7 verse 1 to chapter 39 verse 8, this is the key issue for Judah. Will the people continue looking to the surrounding nations or will they commit to the living God? And the prophet is saying and God is saying nothing else can be settled until that issue is settled. And that's true. The question is, has anything really changed? Has human nature evolved to a nobler level? The answer is in the negative. The spiral is downward. People today are self-sufficient, self-gratifying, self-willed, self-centered. Man trusts himself rather than an invisible God. It almost seems as if people think they have the control of their own destiny and that they are masters of their own lives, but they are mastered by another by sin and by Satan, held in bondage. And they don't want to commit themselves even to the leadership of the land in the case of some people. Never mind talk about committing themselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's a recipe for ultimate failure. The house will collapse. It's like the man who builds his house in the sand. So what's the alternative? What's the steadfast alternative? Trust in the Lord. For in the Lord Jehovah, the covenant-keeping God, is everlasting strength. The Hebrew idiom and literal translation is, in the Lord is the everlasting rock, the rock of ages. And when I say that to you, I say this that this is what inspired Augustus Toplady to write the hymn Rock of Ages, Cleft for Me. The picture in the word is that of a rocky crag 
where a harassed person could climb and take shelter in a cranny or a cleft secure from his attackers. Let me conclude by urging all you today who are listening to take refuge in the rock of ages, the true Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Calvary's cross is God's cleft rock. Calvary's cross is where the rock of ages was cleft. That's where he laid down his life. That's where his wounded side, out of which there poured life blood, the way is open for you to enter in. God's provision for a place of safety and peace and steadfast hope as the world around us shakes and trembles in the situation in which we find ourselves today. Oh, my dear friends, I think these are wonderful words, full of inspiration today, and you need to take them to heart. Thou will keep him. God will keep the man or the woman in perfect peace, whose mind is fixed, is stayed on the Lord. It comes through trusting in him. And if that is so, then I urge you, as the Isaiah the prophet does, trust in the Lord forever, for in him is the rock of ages, everlasting strength, the refuge for time and for eternity.